Welcome to Wine and Murder Night, a podcast where two friends discuss, and drink to, their favorite cozy mysteries. I'm Carolyn Wilkie. And I'm Sabrina Marshausen. Excuse me. <laughs> like, a burp... <laughs> a burp was coming right as I was trying to say my name, so I had to stop, but it, it, came, it was going to come out. <laughs> Better at that end than the other. I mean, no one would hear it out the other end. You don't know that. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. I'm I edited f- this shit. You don't know that. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a fur chair and fur generally dampens not a real fur. Holy shit. I'm in a faux fur chair. So fur generally the communist with a real fur chair. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, my my best friend Tanya did send me an Icelandic sweater, and I got it today. Um, Ooh, those is that one of those um the wool ones with the, the pattern? Like, the, yeah, the really yeah. distinct. Yup, the really yop. distinct. Yeah, I'm really excited. It makes me feel more Icelandic. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Lops? And but we're going to have to condition. We're going to have to give I it know. a conditioner bath. So um, so. Wool is about the only mm. fur I'll wear. And it is safe to harvest for the animal. And good. And yeah, frankly, actually good. <laughs> Though, you know, um, okay, so I know more sheep facts than your average person because my mom owned sheep for a minute and was trying to do her whole like own wool business. Okay. Um, she actually has bags and bags and bags of wool in the garage still, because um, she like styes and spins her You know, arms. Elizabeth did that with alpaca, and we still have four alpaca on the farm. <laughs> so. Well, so, um, she- wool sheep, uh, worldwide, has actually declined drastically, and almost all sheep that are uh, raised now are raised for meat eating. That's unfortunate. The, the mm-hmm. I mean, it's both in Iceland because the winters are so yeah, brutal that they do. St- they make their sweaters not only for tourists but to fucking survive. I actually watched an yeah. Icelandic film called Rams, and it's about these two brothers that haven't spoken to each other in forty years. But they are both in the sheep competition. They bring their rams to a competition. It's it's what you do in this small Icelandic yeah. village, and the I want to say the younger brother wins and then the older brother realizes that his sheep is diseased with a disease called scrappy and it's called scrapey and it's called scrapey because the sheep scrapes and scrapes and scrapes because they feel like they're itching and Uh some other things and then so scrapey is incredibly contagious and infectious and so they have to like kill all the sheep, burn everything, and let the like ground lie fallow for two years. And it was a really good, quiet film, but it was so bizarre. And like, I learned so much about fucking how sheep pretty much run the society in Iceland. Yeah. I um. I love a podcast called No Such Thing as a Fish, mm-hmm. which is like a weird trivia podcast to a company, QI. It's done by the whole same company that does mm-hmm. QI. And uh, they always have, they love doing fun Iceland facts. Um, but, <laughs> Iceland is one of those uh, countries that people actually don't believe exists almost. Like, they're like, I know. where the well, fuck is, so- they're like, where is it? Why? <laughs> Why does it keep coming up? And- 
really? You like it that much? And I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> well, apparently there's like, um, if you go at a certain time of year, um, villages will like, not press gang you, but like, it's the thing that's done is like during these weeks is that everybody has to go collect yeah. the sheep off the mountains for sorting. And uh, because all they, oh, yeah. they let their sheep Oh, free trust roam. me. I hung out and... with so many sheep in Iceland. <laughs> like, we just stop and <laughs> let them cross the road. Like, they come up to the car and just, like, say hello. <laughs> like... That was me in Scotland. When we went to Isle of Skye, oh, man, oh, yeah. nothing but sheep for miles. It was great. <laughs> well... That wasn't the cold open we expected, but uh, what are you drinking for tonight's episode? Oh, that was a cold open. Um, I, that was our cold open. I'm drinking a 2016 Riesling from Crystal Creek Cellars in Columbia Valley, which is uh, in Washington State. It has a little map of Washington, uh, once again. <laughs> it's one of those. Um, so, <laughs> you can't keep me away from a Riesling. The very first Riesling I ever drank was actually from Washington State. So, it wasn't even a German Riesling. Although, I'm sure I probably drank one in Germany, but I was underage and I don't remember. So, but the very first one yeah. I bought myself was a Washington State Riesling. So, you can't... I am basic to the core. If I didn't have to choose a different wine every week, I'd drink the same thing. I drink Rieslings all the time. Like, it's just what I do. So. What what are your feelings on, I know you've had a Moscato on the podcast, but as a rule, what are your feelings on Moscato? Because Riesling, I mean, I love a dry Riesling. The first time I ever had a good dry Riesling, I was actually in France. And it was delicious, and it was it changed my mind on the whole topic. But... What are your feelings on Moscato since you drink Riesling? You drink a sweet rind. I did drink it. I did drink a Moscato once and it was sweet and I liked it. I generally like sweet wines, but I also like dry mm. wines. But um, most of the Rieslings that I've drunk on this show have been quite dry. Mm. So I think it. Rieslings are only really sweet at the end of the wine picking season. They're the last of the. Like, so if you get a sweet Riesling, it's a late reason mm. like it's late in the season and um so um and it just depends on how you feel about sweetness i tend to like sweet wines so um because i'm just so sugar sweet myself <laughs> you don't even need so, that brown sugar in your tea that fancy uh, no. french sugar look look yes i do <laughs> damn it i had so so I have, I drink a set, a certain tea on certain days, right. right? And my Saturday tea is a Chinese tea called a Kimun. And it was a gift from a friend in England, um, a Fortnum and Mason tea from a friend in England who used to be the tea master at Fortnum's. So he's, he's a genius when it comes to tea. So he sent me loads of teas and my mother, he sent my mother, my mother who loves Darjeeling's. He sent my mother a whole thing of Darjeeling tea. So he sent me this Kimun, which I absolutely adore. It's so fresh and clean tasting and lovely. So that's my Saturday tea because I keep it in the Fortnum's, the Fortnum's tea tin that I have. Not a tin. It's a terracotta pot. So I keep God. it in a terracotta pot from Fortnum's that like 
I had them specially email me when it was back in stock. Like, that's the only time I've ever done that. Like, please tell me when it's back in stock. So, anyway, that's my Saturday tea, and it's so fresh and delicious, and the brown sugar just, like, has puts this palette underneath it. Like, if this were, like, tea in Murder Night, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd be able to talk, but I've learned so much about wines during this so Me it's kind too. of like this has been really fun for my palate yeah it's been really interesting and really fun and this crystal creek cellars reasoning comes from aldi nice. and it was eight dollars i think uh tonight i am drinking something a little different um i but i may have gotten this brand before but i don't know um this is an amalgama amalgama i don't know uh, I think it's Amalgama, but I think it's not really Amalgama. I think there's an E. I don't fucking know. I point is, it's from Chile. So it's it's mixed. It is. Yes. It is a Thank red you. table wine. Okay. Uh, 2017 red table wine from Chile. Um, I tend to really enjoy wines grown in Spanish-speaking parts of the world. Um, that includes Texas. They make some really excellent Tempranillos in Texas. Um, but. The, I don't generally, I generally like to get, like, something that's obvious about what it is. And this is just red wine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. My, yeah, my host family in France, he made his own wine. So, yeah, I lived with one of those families. But he made his own wine, and I was the only one that ever drank with him. Because my host mother didn't drink, and though... They had like six kids or something because they were Catholic, and the youngest was still living with them. And sh- they were like, "She's too young. She In can't." France. Drink. Yeah, they were oh. very. She called her parents "vu." They were that kind of family. Oh my! So yeah, I lived with a very, very wealthy family. Well, speaking of that kind of family, oh, yes. uh, ready to get in today's episode? Cools. Today we are watching Death in Paradise, season one. Episode four, missing a body. Dun, dun, dun. If we thought they weren't trying before, I know, right? <laughs> they are clearly not trying now. <laughs> Those episode titles. Can yeah. you guess what happens in this episode based on the title, Sabrina? <laughs> I know. Where Where is the body? Where is it? That was a fucking plot point in last episode too, which is yes, whatever. Uh, well, it tends to, well to be to be fair. That's actually a pretty big thing in murder mysteries, mm-hmm. like and and in and in true crimes even. Like mostly, people's bodies don't generally show up, and that's how they know there's something kinky. Yes, <laughs> like there's gonna be a blood stain or like. You know, something, but the body's not there. Right. That's that's Perhaps, fair. Yes. I feel like maybe they should have yeah. just spaced it out. Maybe this should have been episode five. You know, the the A plot should have been episode five. Uh, well, this one starts off in the station uh, with uh, New Suits examining a puzzle piece because he has retrieved a puzzle uh, from his little hut um, that I guess Detective Inspector Hume was doing. And, of course, Camille has an opinion on how to do the puzzle that D.I. Yes. Poole thinks is 
Absolutely bonkers. You always do the edges first. You make. I do have to agree with Pool here. Like, it makes no sense to start with the color. You make the border first. Now, to be fair, I can see her POV if there are very. Like, say it was like a puzzle of tropical flowers. Sure. Then you might want to, like, make the tropical flowers. Maybe. But yeah, but like no, that's you do. That's the thing you do yes. second. You you do your border because those are easily identifiable, regardless of like. Mm-hmm. There's only two ways it can go. Like you only have two things that can fit in it potentially, not four. I agree. Right. So like you always do your border first because you can just pick them out, and then you move on to color groupings. I agree. I agree. So okay, okay. What is this, Camille? A puzzle for four year olds. <laughs> um but while they're debating the puzzle logic a white woman wanders in with a little bit of a gash on her head and she's like i need to make a report my husband is dead and i shot him is that megan talbot it is in fact one Megan Talbot. Who is a five French actor. Cheerio, back soon. I don't know, somehow. I'm Bisham. I love you, that's why I'm Cheerio. Not goodbye. I didn't recognize her. What has she been? She's been. She was on the Murder on the Orient Express, the newest film with. Oh, so yeah. Jo- well, that. I downloaded it illegally because I don't give Johnny Depp money. <laughs> yeah well that's pretty much why i haven't seen it is like i don't even feel like watching him on screen but i would also go the illegal route it was not a bad movie and he died uh, okay so. but still so he gets he gets he's the he's the victim he's the murder victim so she was he's old in merlin um no shit yes shit <laughs> <laughs> now that you say it yes i see it i see it she was in Poirot, and she was in Doctor Who. Yeah, okay, okay. Definitely on the, the five British actor list. Yes. Uh, well, they bundle her into the car. Um, they don't handcuff her or anything. They just drive down to the beach, and she kind of starts hyperventilating when they get there. And... Uh, New Suits is being extremely sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Camille has basically that exact reaction. <laughs> I'm uh, so sorry. My sandwich was really good at dinner, and apparently it's reacting with the wine. Uh, well, I am having a little bit of an upset stomach today as well as a leftover from yesterday. And your owl is long good. It was so awful. Yeah. It started at 6.30 in the morning and ended at 10.30 at night. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, at least it was better after about 6.30, but it wasn't, like, good. I understand. We were supposed to record yesterday, even. It did not happen. Uh, but Camille's kind of, like, rolling her eyes and, like, being like, ooh. New suits and Megan sitting in a tree kind of deal. Um, but they head down to the beach exactly where Megan says there should she shot her husband, and there's no body. Who could have guessed 
that. <laughs> he just got up. He's a zombie now. And uh, more so even than just a missing body, it looks like the site's been cleaned and like maybe even the tide had um, come, come in. in and gone back out. And The tide is high, yeah, but we're not holding nah, on. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, He's a floater now. Uh, so they question Megan about what her story is, like what happened, and she says that her husband, um, fuck, what was his name? Larry Lucas. Lucas. She says that her husband Lucas uh, hit her, yelling at her, and he's like, "Oh, if they only knew about you." So she hit him with a rock, and a gun fell out of his pocket, and. While he was stumbling back, she grabbed the gun, closed her eyes, and shot him twice. Yep. She's landing on pretty thick. But even though Camila's pretty skeptical, talking about it being an open and shut kind of case, uh, New Suits is a little bit more reticent to really press charges because there's no body yeah who knows what could have happened if there's no body back at the station um someone comes into the office talking about how they got robbed and Dwayne talks about a theory of his own which is it was all a dream Maybe she didn't really shoot her husband. She just dreamed she dreamt she did. Camille is, again, arousing new suits about his tastes in women, uh, which happen to be quiet and British, according to her. Yes. But new suits sends Dwayne and Fidel back to the beach looking for the gun. And even though new suits is willing to let her kind of off the hook for now let megan off the hook for now uh camille makes her give up her passport so she can't flee the island makes sense yeah definitely i thought i was a little bit i was a little bit on camille's side at this point and i think maybe it was a good writing and maybe it was a little bit overacting yeah i think Um, i think i was on camille's side just because if someone comes in and confesses that they've murdered someone. And for all other accounts, they seem pretty with it. They take you to the site. You know, they're, they're yeah. not trying to... That You know, if you're going to be honest and turn yourself in, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, you know, there's no body, so you couldn't possibly have done it. Exactly. Like, I, I'm... And also, like, she's being super... And I mean, this sounds wrong because she clearly was a victim of domestic violence, but she's being super doe-eyed, innocent victim-y. Yeah, which, you know, could but, just be how she how she immediately reacts to men to make her yes. to make herself seem like not capable or, you know, incapable. And this is what this is what a lot of domestic violence victims have to do is so they don't attract attention. So I understand what you mean is that since for me, the problem is since she's acting 
I'm like, is she acting like a domestic violence victim who is just trying to be mousy and ignored? Or is this like, where is she manipulating this one man in her life who isn't immediately hitting her? So it's kind of weird. Yeah, and I was kind of more like, well, and also because like I, it this is a murder mystery. Like we know for yeah. a fact there is going to be a murder here. So, like as a viewer, I'm my I my red herring flag was raised. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the minute somebody acts extremely innocent, I'm like, you, you are the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, is she acting innocent? So she's you know because that's her self defense mechanism. Or is she acting innocent to cover for some- Or is she, like, being like, no, I murdered him to cover for someone. Yes, exactly. Not not exactly what happened, but kind of what happened. A little bit what happened. But because they are letting her off the hook, New Suits and Camille take Megan to her friend's house where she was staying. And there we get to meet the Knights. We get to meet Mrs. Knight, specifically. Astrid Knight, who is- Five British actor. Cheerio, back soon. I don't know, somehow I wish um, I love you, that's why I. Hey, cheerio, not goodbye. <laughs> Emma Fielding, DCI Banks, Father Brown, Midsummer Murders, and Prockle. She's done the circuit. Yes. I think she was in the same Prockle as the guy who played Lucas Talbot. And when we meet him fully in a flashback, we'll talk about his five British actiness. Sure. Well, we also get to meet Mr. Knight, who I fucked up my notes because we watched episode four and six, five together, basically on the same day. So yes. I'm misremembering things. But he was actually being held in the cells and he was the guy that Fidel was dismissing. dismissing. And he is also a five British actor, Derek Rydell Riddle. Yeah. He was in Shetland, Midsummer Murders, and DCI Banks. He was in Shetland. He was in Hang Shetland. On. Hang on. Mm. Who was he in fucking Shetland? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. We're fine. Okay. Woo. Well, down at the beach, Dwayne spies a familiar truck in their search for the gun. Mm-hmm. You know, as a person who recaps this show, I really dislike when they do these, like, literal five-second scenes and then go back to the main plot because that's what happens here. So Dwayne spies this truck, and then the knights are talking to uh, New Suits and Camille, and they say they went to dinner with the Talbots, but um, Megan and Lucas had a massive row. Row? Row. Row. You know, I do this with bow and bow as well. Every time I write it down, I say it incorrectly the next time. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Regardless Um, of context. Like, I always say the opposite Yeah, Americans don't use row. To mean a heated discussion, right? They either say an argument or a fight or something. So row is a very British word. So looking at it, you wouldn't really. Yeah, I guess. But I do. we do say bow and bow. And yet somehow. <laughs> yes. But bow. Oh, you mean like take a bow and bow and yeah. arrow? Okay. <laughs> and every time I write it down, I say it the wrong way. Uh, but they say that. Megan and Lucas stormed off. Um, Well, Lucas stormed off first and then Megan went after him. And that Lucas was drunk. Super duper drunk. Um, And 
while they're out back, New Suits kind of spot, spots what they, he says is a rain tree. Uh, like, uh, have you ever heard of a rain tree? Well, so. Oh no, it's a straight up tie. It's a kind of goddamn tree. Oh, interesting. I've I was like, uh. The, oh, it could be one of many trees. Yeah, so it's it's the monkey pot tree. Uh, it is quite possibly because I've only got the Latin names here. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is could potentially be the Albizia salmon, a tree in the family Faba. God, fuck your Latin vowels, Fabica. So really, it's the. Fabellus trees and they are these big wide they they have very short trunks and very wide tops and yes. that's to collect the rain <laughs> during monsoon seasons so you don't really need a big ass trunk unlike the baobabs in Madagascar who do the same thing except they have a big ass trunk and no branches basically and that's to collect the water in the trunk. It's the same concept, different iteration. Yes. Anyway, so he spots that and he walks over to it to admire it. And he looks down at the grass and notices something. He notices these gouges in the grass. Okay. I was not paying close enough attention because I was taking notes. Okay, he notices these big gouges in the grass that look like, I don't know, croquet, like, wicket holes or something. Mm-hmm. Or cricket wicket holes. Oh, cricket wickets! I didn't mean to rhyme. <laughs> All the, I was listening to Al Jazeera earlier and it was like, it was like El Paso, Russian, Russian protest, Hong Kong protest, the cricket! And I was like, oh man, these 30 minute shows are bizarre. Like. Yeah, I mean, you have to go so fast. I don't know how to feel. It's the whole sandwich thing. Start with good news, bad shit in the middle, and then start with, and then end with good shit. Oh no, Al Jazeera doesn't fucking care about your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) The very first thing at the 7 o'clock news hour was El Paso. Mm -hmm. 18 people dead. And you're like... Uh, it's 20 now, actually. Yeah, it's like 22 now. Yeah, I guess it was... Well, the last official um, report from the governor was 20. uh, Yeah, yeah. so 20, 22. So what happened is this white supremacist decides to kill Latinos. And now Latino family members are too afraid to try and identify victims so they're not arrested. By Border Patrol. So. Yep. And El Paso is a border town in an open carry state. So. That's what my mother was talking about. She's like, how are police officers going to know? Because there's 20 guys with guns. And also, I mean, this actually came up a couple years ago in Dallas. um, When Mm. a guy opened fire... Specifically on police officers. He was trying to kill police officers. I remember that. Because um, he had killed a couple on, like, public transport it, earlier. It was, that yeah, day. it was in 2016. I wrote something about it on my Facebook page, and I was like, what happened? And then yeah. that, that and happened. So, but, but again, they had had, they were doing some sort of parade that day 
or march that day and there were other people at the march who had mm. were open carrying because they were allowed to and it wasn't even associated with anything gun related the the parade and uh a guy who was just open carrying mm-hmm. basically had his picture circulated by police and got out on the internet and like he yep. had to like go turn himself in to be like listen I, this is not me i was just had my semi-automatic rifle because i could Anyway, the point is, good guys with guns is a fallacy, and nothing has proved it ever um, so much as a mass shooting in Texas. Yeah. A lot of people... My father is so worried about me going to Macedonia. <laughs> he he called me today, and we just had a chat, and he goes, you know, Macedonia is pretty unstable. And I was like, well, probably not as unstable as, like, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and Kosovo. Where Kosovo, they do send peace call people to Kosovo. So, you know, I was like, they won't send anyone to a country that's so unstable, like without a government or things like that. You don't see peace corps in the South Sudan, for example, or in Somalia. Um, and then, then my mother and I turn mm-hmm. on the news and we are like, oh, this shooting in El Paso. And I'm like, why the fuck are you worried about me going to Macedonia? <laughs> like probably gonna be okay i mean like i i i was born in texas i was born in fort hood texas the site of another mass shooting like it's it's one of those it's one of those moments when the very first onesie i ever got was a dallas Mm -hmm. cowboys onesie right so like i'm not texan as much as carol is texan i lived in austin for 10 years i my dad's girlfriend lives in El Paso, even. Like, it's... Every day they just get closer home because we don't do anything about it. Okay. Anyway, let's go back to to Death of Paradise where it's cozy. Well, back on Samory, cozy, cozy Samory, Dwayne saunters in his very Dwayne sauntery manner up to uh, the truck he spied earlier and he identifies Gregory, kind of a known crook about town and uh, makes him up open up his fish chest and you know, generally is trying to pressure him into saying if he was around the night of the murder. Back at the Knight Mansion, uh, Astrid is a huge bitch to Megan. And so Megan is like, I don't want to stay here. And so she leaves. And we also learn the Knights don't own a gun. So there's that. Yeah, that's, that's that. As they leave, Camille kind of again needles new suits about his attraction to Megan. And... I know. She's like, oh, well, it doesn't make her innocent. And he's like, it doesn't make her not guilty. It doesn't make her guilty either. And this is kind of where I started coming around to the new suits part as well. It is. It is. There's, there's, there's holes. Like, obviously, she's a domestic abuse mm-hmm. victim. Obviously, you know, she. But if they don't own a gun. And she probably doesn't own a gun. Where the fuck are they going to get a gun? Yeah. So I like, there you go. But also, 
at this exact time, we get a phone call. It's Dwayne on the radio. And they've found the body. <coughs> so we get our first glimpse, our first real non-flashback glimpse of Lucas Talbot. Yes. Do you want to do your five British uh, actor? Who is a five British actor? Cheerio, back soon. I don't know, somehow. I'm Bisham. I love you, that's why I'm Cheerio. Not goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Midsummer Murders. He was in Paranoid. And Paranoid is a. um. Oh, God. Hold on. Let me explain what Paranoid is. It's a TV minute. Okay. Have you not seen? Have you seen it? I've not seen. Oh, Paranoid. it's so good. So, it's it's so this woman gets randomly killed in front of numerous victims, and then this group of detectives go. It's like a it's like a inter-European thing. It's got the same kind of vibe of, as Marcella. I love it. I love Paranoid. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite good. Anyway. Um, Is that on Netflix? I feel like I might have seen, scrolled past it before, but it was too drama yeah, for yeah. me to watch at the moment. Michael Maloney is in it. He's Dr. Crowley. So it's really good. I will check it out. And he was in The Mirror Crack from Side to Side, the Marvel, which I just watched yesterday, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... Um, he his very first um his very first show ever was Pothole. Yep. Ah. Again, running the gauntlet. Man, maybe I will move to the UK and just become an actor specifically to get work in murder mysteries. Okay, here's a really fucked up thing about five British actors. I have seen maybe two Icelandic movies and like a few episodes of an Icelandic TV show that I got to get back to watching. Maybe so like maybe four things that are in pure Icelandic. And in the Rams movie, there was a fucking guy from one of the television shows or one of the movies that I had watched. The other movie that I had watched. It's probably like two Icelandic actors. Like, <laughs> they just do everything and so <laughs> they're the fucking sheep yeah. so <laughs> I, the reason i got the two icelandic actors and a hundred icelandic and they sheep. All look the same the sheep not the not the actors <laughs> they all look but the same. um so <laughs> after i got back from iceland in 2016 my friend tanya told me about lazy town which is produced and filmed in iceland or was it was four seasons long and we started watching it together and um, the the villain, it's Lazy Town is a children's show. And it's, it's about this guy named Sportacus who's trying to get you to work out and eat healthy. The villain is Robbie Rotten, who is the number one meme dude on Reddit, right? So Robbie Rotten is played by this comedic actor um, named Stefan Stefansson, who passed away last year from um, pancreatic cancer. And... Um, but, so, it, I got into him, and he's an excellent singer, and then it made me get into Icelandic music, because I watched a music video with him and this Icelandic singer, Reimer, who I've already talked about. So, like, um, Iceland is really small. Like, 
Yeah. Like, really, really small. And I was like, (laughs) so if I go and do anything in Iceland, there's a big chance that I'll just be in the news just because like it won't even like if i get involved even if i get only slightly involved in politics not even like become the mayor of Reykjavik but even if i get slightly involved in politics i'm gonna end up in some newscast because how many brown people move to iceland learn icelandic and like get involved in the politics there's like one and she was born in iceland she was the child of an immigrant but she was born and raised in Iceland, has an Icelandic name, and is, like, the head of the new socialist party in Iceland. So, like, I don't even have to try. Yeah, you gotta play those percentages, Sabrina. I mean, I will try, but I'm just thinking, (laughs) the reason I'm moving to Iceland is because in my heart, I'm a lazy-ass motherfucker. (laughs) I did so well in French in high school that I studied at a university. Like, it was the easiest path. The easiest path. I don't know what the fuck I did getting my master's degree in peace and conflict studies. But I wrote about Fox News for my for my dissertation. Easy. Easy to talk about how terribly racist and what it means. <laughs> like, I did I just do easy shit. Everyone's like and everyone's like, moving to Iceland Dude, is I not gonna be easy. And I'm like, that. you don't know. You have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but also, like, for a lot of people, that would be really, really hard. And clearly, I mean, I know you, and I yeah. think our listeners know you pretty well at this point, at least certain to, to an extent at this point. That's right up your fucking alley. Yeah, it's like... That's, different strokes for different folks. Everyone's like, you're going into the peace school? That sounds hard. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's super easy. They do fucking everything for you. Like different cores for different courses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they uh, new suits in Camille. They inspect the body. They do see the gunshot wound in the forehead, and uh, they find the watch running been running for about an hour and 20-ish minutes which suits finds interesting i also Mm -hmm. found that interesting i was like somebody's been fucking around with time but yeah you see when you're fucking (laughs) around with time and the thing about it it was only running for an hour and 23 minutes which tells me that she didn't do it that was immediately when i knew Mm -hmm. that's when i knew she didn't do it and Camille finds a weird button under the watch. And they also find the soaked cell phone. Um, so they go put that in rice, which is a tried and true method of unsoaking your cell phone. And because, well, he doesn't know that it's only been in the water for an hour. But because it's only been in the water for an hour, it will work. Like if it had been in the water. So, so if he had actually died when she said he did. Mm-hmm. That phone would not ever work again. Well, and also because it was salt yeah, water, so which is even because worse. Because I'm at this point watching it. Even the first time, I was like, "Ah, he's only been dead for an hour and twenty three minutes." Yeah, right. And his cell phone will work. But because they finally have the body, New Suits has no choice but to go and arrest Megan. But even though, and she has no like. She thinks she did it. Like, she thinks it was self-defense and all of that. Like, it 
So, like, for me, the very first time watching mm-hmm. it, I was like, well, she's not going to have a problem. This is all, like... I was hoping, so I watch way too many Scandi Noirs, and I was like, I was hoping it was her, and they would deconstruct this whole thing. Like, and then I was <laughs> like, this is not a Scandi Noir. This is a cozy mystery, and it's an Agatha Christie. All the cozy mysteries that come out of England are part of the golden mm-hmm. era. You know, they're all the Elsayers, they're all Niomarsh, Marsh, they're all Agatha Christie. You know, they're all these beautiful written, and there is no, you know, there is no new story under the sun. So you could look at this and be like, they're fucking with time. That's a Sherlock Holmes thing. Or it could be an Agatha Christie mm-hmm. thing. So, like, for me, I was like, oh, they're gonna be some, there's gonna be something fucked up here. Well, the thing that, aside from the watch, the hour and 23 minutes, the thing that New Suits grabs onto, because he always has something, kind of like a pit bull who won't let go. Is that is, is that button? button. Yep. Right? Yeah. And Megan doesn't recognize the button. I didn't even I didn't even fucking care about the button. I was like, look at the yeah. time. No, literally no one else cares about the button yeah. in the entire world okay. except for new suits. Literally no one. Yes. But we do learn back at the station mm-hmm. post arrest that Fidel is actually the one who arrested Patrick Knight. And the reason he arrested Patrick Knight is because he was wailing on Lucas Talbot when the arrest happened. And that's not something he disclosed to new suits when questioned. Um, he just really, and at, he, new suits is like getting to the point where he can see all of the pieces disparately, but can't fit them together. And that's a, he grouches about that for like three scenes. Yeah, he really does. There's, there's stuff missing. And I, I agree with him, but mm-hmm. like he, so he's bitten into this one thing, which is the button, uh, to the to the detriment of the time. Yeah. You know, for me... I, the time is really what struck me, too. Were I a police detective, I'd be like, she didn't... They didn't struggle. She pulled a gun on him and shot him after he hit her. She didn't mention gra- them, him grabbing her or her grabbing him to set off his timer. And also, since it's only an hour and 23 minutes, if she had set his timer off when she shot him. So I think the only potential explanation for that is because they did find the body in the water. Yes. And so maybe he could have hit something because they found propeller marks on him too. Yeah, but not really. But, yeah, but as we learn later. It was so, it was very, that's very... Were were I a detective, I would be where I would be looking at the time because if you look at the state of decomposition of a body that's been in the water and salt water that long, and so you that's what you're thinking of. So I Mm -hmm. feel like Richard, while his hunch turned out to be correct about the button, he wasn't being what I would consider an actual like. If you were, if this were a real life situation and you were a detective inspector, you would be looking at the time. You would be looking at the state of the body. You would be looking at, since you are, if you're on a tiny island where you're not only the detective inspector, you're also a forensic detective, you're looking at that. So you're looking at that stuff. And I feel like had the button not been there, you could have figured all of the other shit out later that they figure out later without the button. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I agree. 
Um, but they. I'm sorry. Go I'm to sorry. Kath. I have to go get my phone. And the reason okay. I have to get my phone is my mother had just Facebooked me, Facebook messaged me, and said, There is nothing in your market box, and you need to catch and harvest a bunch of flowers. <laughs> no! Okay, Sabrina, alright, real fucking talk about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. I'm gonna lay down some fucking knowledge. No one gives two shits about your market box if you don't put your fucking special fruit I in always there. put my special fruit in there and Ellen you never put your special fruit no, in there you no. know how many times I can buy your fucking special fruit you know why never. I can never you know buy why? your fucking because special fruit because Ellen always buys it it's Ellen there's this chick there's this chick named Ellen fuck that bitch wait hang on do you have lychee or do you have lemons lemons fuck that bitch you know how hard it is for me to find lemons <laughs> What do you have? Lychee? No, I have grapes. Oh, you have grapes! That's right! I put grapes in there every fucking day. And every day, I got 600 fucking coins. Of course, because I get your grapes too. But my mother has lychees. Oh no, everybody buys my grapes. Your mom buys my grapes. You buy my grapes. All my Japanese friends buy my grapes. Everybody buys my grapes. You know what you never have in there? Ellen. Fucking lemons. Yeah, that's because Ellen gets them as soon as I pull them out. I pull them out like ten minutes later. Ellen's like, "Thanks for the lemons." What is the fuck she doing with all these lemons? Well, because he's being so grouchy about the case. And specifically, Patrick Knight's reaction to them showing up at his house the, right after he'd been released from prison. Uh, or jail, I should prison say. Prison is in Guadalupe. Uh, oh, I didn't know the difference. And so I worked at this uh, call center. And during my training, I was in classes with these, with a bunch of black women. And I said something about going to prison. And she goes, no, he'd go to jail. And I was like, there's a difference? And she goes, girl, prison is prison! <laughs> and I was just like, um, that didn't explain fucking anything, but okay. You can't use the word in the definition! <laughs> I was like, fine. Fine. But yeah, he makes Fidel get on calls to the UK about the Knights and Lucas, and he sets um, Dwayne off to find Lucas, like, kind of retrace Lucas's bar path. Um, and so then he and Camille go around to Pierre's, which is the restaurant that the Knights said they were going to have dinner at. So Pierre is played by a beautiful man, Stanny Oppet. I can't. Beautiful. And he is a, he is a Spanish actor. No, he's a French actor who's known for his role in Spanish soap operas. He's super famous in Spain because of his roles in Spanish soap operas. So, that's all I know about Pierre. Well, if he wasn't in that one about the hot high school students, I haven't seen him in anything. Oh, I don't. I don't. Elite. Elite. Oh, it's good. It's fun. I mean, it's very Pretty Little Liars, but like with a murder mystery. Oh, okay. It's a good time. Strong recommend. He wasn't in that. No, he was not. I just checked. <laughs> um, well, he they go there and Pierre is uh reticent about his knowledge because 
Detective Poole hasn't eaten there yet. Yeah. He's like, you've been on this island for how long and you haven't eaten there? Um, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Poole, but Brits like seafood. No, Poole is just his own brand. I was like, this is where I was like, this is not at all. He's not British. Well, I think he is, but I think he's more of like... If I had to guess, he grew up very sheltered. And very picky. And, I mean, and it's not to say that, like, any... Most moms wouldn't call people on their birthday or whatever, but, like... Okay. I think... I think he's closer to his parents than most people his age would be. Like, I got the... I got the idea... The the sense that he was pretty smothered. No, I think he was an only child. Yeah. And only children... So... like, I'm an only child, so Same. I think probably I well, recognized sorry. only children things in him. And, um, like, yes, we're very picky. We can be very picky. Exactly. I'm I'm different because I'm just a glutton. So, whatever. I do I'll like eat. to eat. I do like to eat, which you can tell by my Rubenesque body. Um, but, um, so I'm, but I am an only child, so I understand. Um, he's very close to his, his mother especially which i am as well so um Mm -hmm. i totally understand so on the one hand i grew out of my pickiness just because i'm fat (laughs) well i mean no but you grew out of it because food tastes good well it depends british people cannot cook like that's they get famous look i mean they get famous for being able to cook look at jamie oliver and angry man who's the angry you you know you know who i'm talking about gordon ramsay the, the gordon ramsay thank you they get famous for being able to cook gordon ramsay can cook but i mean honestly i have a jamie oliver cookbook no, that i really like but you have a jamie oliver cookbook because you know who he is no i have it because my mom got it for me oh there's that dude there's one other really good cook as well he's one of bourdain's like best friends and he's British as well. But if you can name, if you can name, the only other, the only one I can really name is Eric Repair, who's clearly French. Yes, that's not him. It's another Anthony Zimmern is American. Yeah. Another yeah. good friend of Bourdain. I cannot think of who the French guy is or the, the English, English guy. guy is. He's bald. He's got glasses on. I could see him. His he does a he does a farm to table, snout to tail kind of restaurant, and. Who's a really good cook. But if you can name three British cooks, that means your society as a whole cannot cook. I can name <laughs> I can name twenty French cooks. I can name twenty American cooks. As a yeah, whole Yeah, America did get lucky like that. Well, they ran from persecution. So hang on. <laughs> hang on. Let's explore this space a little bit further. America can cook because of <laughs> Because they decided to run from the British. No, I'm saying, like, all the, but no, not just, it's immigrants, The what can you carry with you? You can carry, That's... you can carry your food with you. That's easy. You, you've memorized recipes. You've cooked something 20 times. You've cooked something 200 times. You know how to make it. When you're fleeing a country, you can't take anything with you. But you can take those memories. You can take those recipes in your head, right? And where did they go? Well... Until recently, you came to America. For an immigrant, all you have is your language and your food. 
Anyway, I'm going to lightning round us a little bit because it's we're over an hour recorded. Yeah, but last week we were like an hour and a half. We're fine. We're, I'm lightning rounding us. Okay. Lightning rounding us, Sabrina. I don't care what you burp at me. <laughs> so, lightning round. They do eventually get to watch the CCTV uh, at Pierre's. And while Nusus is having a really hard time with it because he only did Latin and Mandarin at school. Uh, okay. Camille can intuit that Lucas was angry with Megan, and that's why Patrick punched him. And he was trying, and Lucas was trying to go back in the restaurant. And Patrick is basically the one who scared him off. Um, I really love this little scene here. Uh, Dwayne shows up, and he f- tells him about how Lucas was drinking on his own but texting a lot. And Fidel shows up, and he's like, they're all eating off of. Uh, new suits its plate that's my favorite bit i'd be i'd be like you're not gonna eat that okay i'll just have a second plate well this this makes it this reminded me so much of my family so i have spent the entire last two weeks hanging out with family. <laughs> in large part and, and i mean it's great like I, I really love my family i hang out with my mom all the time i'm an only child and she's an only child so we do hang out a lot together no i hang out with my mom this was the family my grandparents were in town my cousin was in town from Cambodia. Um, obviously, my nephew is in town because, you know, it's her son. Um, my cousin Eric was around, even though he's not usually around, because obviously his sister was around. Like, the whole fucking family was in town. So, like, if I wasn't, like, doing... Plus, then my mom had her birthday. My cousin ha- or my nephew had his birthday party, even though his birthday's in August, because he wasn't going to be here for it. And so, like, we had... All this family shit. And, and again, I love my family. I had a great time hanging out with them. It was super fun. But I'm very much extremely glad to be alone this weekend. And I have declined several things to be alone. Um, but it reminded me exactly of that. Uh, because, like, that's what my family does. And, like, it's like a running joke in the family that Aunt Tasha will eat off your plate or, like, go, like, like picket things. Like, you say you're done and she'll be like, oh, no, 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 that's not done. And then she'll, like, take it off your plate and finish it for you. <laughs> like, it's a running joke. Like, even stories from her being a kid. Like, all of that. Anyway, that so I I really love the vibe of this scene. Like, it it was very, like... Yeah, no, it was great. Like, and also, I got mad at new suits. I was like, that's a full fucking crab. Do you know how expensive that is? Right! That was my other thing. I was like... Mm-hmm. You fucking asshole. Anyway, um, but we also learn when Fidel shows up that Lucas's company had gone bankrupt um, and that he had also had three arrests for assault, all from former girlfriends or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't find anything less than on the up and up about the Knights. However, he did learn that Astrid is loaded because she is basically a... Um, she's a she was a she's a PR person. Yeah, but not only a PR person, she's a PR fixer. Yeah, like a celebrity PR disaster management kind of person. <laughs> okay, a little bit different than just your regular PR stuff. Yeah, which I have done. Yeah, the regular shit. I've never helped cover up murder. <laughs> I would be bad at it if I had just told you that. Yeah. Um, he also learns that Patrick was a journalist and he had just started his own kind of like management company. Yes. 
Like a consultant management company, yeah. So, with that information in hand and a good seafood lunch in them, uh, New Suits and Camille head back to the Knights, and they are still looking for the truth. Like, it's just not fitting well together. And, again, as much as I was on New Suits' team, he just straight up asks about the PRT thing, like, what would you have done in this situation? But while he's out of, while they're out of the room, while the Knights are out of the room... Newsuit starts comparing the button to Patrick's coat. And at one point, Camille sneaks upstairs and forces Newsuits to make awkward small talk about tea. Which, like, anything else would have been good small talk. He's just bad at small talk. Yeah. And, uh, but because he's bad at small talk, Mrs. Knight catches Camille comparing buttons to everything they own, basically. She insinuates he was sent here because mm-hmm. he's a big old bully. Which he takes great umbrage to. That night, Dwayne and Fidel watch the house because they don't trust the knights at all. I wouldn't. Tr- Look, I don't trust anyone who says they're a PR agent. So I'm like, okay, yeah. And Fidel brings snake stakeout snacks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Donuts, right? Donuts. Well, he didn't have any, but he wanted some. Yes. But he... His girlfriend or wife, I couldn't remember who, like, I don't remember that relationship. Wife. 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 Had, like, they're about to have children as well. A cute little lunch, like, a cute little snake out. Uh, I was love. It was very charming. It was, like, steak out bento. Like, okay. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, but they do catch the somebody driving one of the night's cars uh, heading out for the night. And so they follow them to a dumpster and they dump something in and they can't figure out what it is and so Dwayne makes Fidel go through the whole thing so Camille goes back to the beach specifically to try and find Gregory but instead finds a lantern and a big old hole dug in the beach and in a moment of extreme tension somebody comes out of the dark and like Shaky Cam knocks her over. Interesting. Yeah, totes. Uh, Dwayne and Fidel couldn't find anything in the trash, but they get a call from Camille, and they show up at the beach along with new suits, and they all look at what she did, in fact, find, which is something in bubble wrap inside of a cold pack lunchbox. So, another stakeout. This time on Greg. And they see him waiting for a contact, and the contact shows up, and Cash changes hands, and they all rush in. Turns out, Greg was selling turtle eggs. Yes. Sea turtle eggs. Which, as a environmentalist, like, I lost my mind. I was like, this is a bigger crime. This is a big crime. This is a big crime. He needs to be in prison. Well, they do use it as leverage. Um, so they finally get him to talk about the shooting. But and really, it's just going to be a fine. But really, it's good. I mean, yeah. Well, no, they, I mean, they threaten him yeah. with prison if he won't talk. But clearly he talks, so he doesn't have to go to prison. <laughs> prison, prison, not jail prison. Not jail, yes. So he says that he didn't see anyone else there the night of the shooting, and he basically tells the same story as Megan. And the real big fact we learn is that the gun itself was greg's yep uh my next note here is that camille's outfit is super fucking cute (laughs) camille 
knows how to. I can't pronounce. I can't say. Cam- Camille. Camille. It's Camille because yeah. it's two L's. So Cam- no, it's Camille. Is it just one L? Camille. No, it's two L's, but it is. You just say it's like Ville. You don't say Ville. It's French, right? No, you so say Ville. You don't. Y- you don't really say Ville. Yes, you say Ville. No, with a Y. So you don't pronounce the L at all. So uh, you only say you don't. You really there's not a lot of Y sounds in French. There's not. After the letter I, if it's a double L, it's a Y sound. So Camille. It, but it's not Camille. It's just Camille. Camille. Yeah. No, you're you just you're just putting too much emphasis on no, it. You're not. saying it like kind of span you are. You are. You're just putting too much emphasis on it. It's Camille. Not it's not like Ylang Ylang. It's Camille. Yeah, there you go. That's correct. You were you were doing no, Camille. You you, you were, don't have to you do were a putting an L in it. That's why I was telling you not to put an L in it. I was like There's it's, no L. Well you I mean in American it's Camille. Yeah. And and in French, but you don't even in French you don't say Camille. No, Camille. no, I was just I was just Overemphasizing the why. You don't need to overemphasize the why. No one overemphasizes the why, unless you're. In no, Spanish. I wasn't overemphasizing the why. You I was were correcting so overemphasizing you. the why because I was correcting you. You were but saying you were Camille even ca- because I'm saying speaking in American English. <laughs> I, I'm not speaking in French. I'm speaking in American. Um, there are plenty of Americans who are named Camille. I can't say Camille. Camille. A Camille. Meal. Roller coaster. <laughs> well, they leverage Greg into talking. He gives the same story as Megan. The autopsy comes in as well and also confirms pretty much the same story. Um, but New Suits is still bothered. So they go to practice marksmanship on the beach. And Megan had described herself as having like closed her eyes and her hands were shaking. And so from 12 paces away, not even the best marksman among them could make that shot twice. Because there was one shot on the cheek, not cheek, but like on the temple that grazed. And, like, the straight-up headshot that killed him. So they find that story to be extremely highly, like, true. They think she was telling the truth, but they're like, how did this possibly work? But while they are practicing the marksmanship, they find a hiking trail. How convenient. I know, right? Well, come on, it does make sense. I mean, yeah. Convenient, but also, you know. Yes. Uh, So he sends Fidel up the trail And they head back to the station, and finally, they are able to take the cell phone out of Rice. It doesn't have a whole lot of charge, but he's able to turn it on and see the lock screen. And it's a picture of Lucas and Megan together. And immediately, he turns around and looks at his murder board. And he has his aha moment. Fidel calls and he's like, no, 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 don't tell me. The trail leads to the night house. Yuppers. They head back to the knights and turns out the knights are trying to skip town. They're super in a rush, but the police jeep stops them. They're trying to like usher them off the lawn, but New Suits heads out to the back and flips all the chairs and does his dramatic reveal. Turns out the phone was Megan's. It wasn't Lucas's at all. And it turns out 
It was Mr. Knight. But how could he have done it, you say? He was in the police cells the whole time. Well, Lucas didn't die on the beach. He used the hiking trail to go back to the Knights with the gun, and Patrick shot him on the lawn. And Astrid, knowing what to do in these PR nightmare scenarios, helped him cover everything up. And the button was from the chair cushion where Lucas had been sleeping because he was super hungover and had been slightly shot. Yep. And it was the chair cushion that they had been in the dumpster yep. all along. Here's where the chair cushion didn't need to be there. Because he scoops, like, after killing him, he scoops him up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, starts his watch going. Yep. But the reason Lucas died was because he knew about the affair that Megan was having with Patrick. Yep. <gasps> and Patrick refuses, but Megan does admit it. And Astrid, who is in the know on everything, didn't know. Yep. Button on the episode. It was a complete bluff. Yep. New Suits didn't have all the evidence. He had most of the evidence. Exactly. Just like the puzzle. And back at his hut, New Suit was looking around for that final puzzle piece, finally finds it another thing, and the gang knocks on his door because they have something to show him. And they fixed up this little rowboat, which they have named Roast Beef. Aw, yes. <laughs> Very cute. Sabrina, did you figure it out? Yes. Well, so I figured out that she didn't do it and that the only other characters in the fucking show were the knights. So they had to do it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, Lucas is dead. She didn't do it. It wasn't one of the cops this time. Because Dwayne, Fidel, and Kami are good people. We can trust them, mm. and we know they probably wouldn't murder someone unless it was in self-defense. So it wasn't them. So I knew... So what I, What was weird was I knew the knights had to be involved. I didn't know why. So... So my... So initially I bit hard on Megan being the person who did the murder. My... <laughs> but why she did the murder cycled through for me. So at first I thought she was trying to cover up the murder of her abusive husband, right? Like, I did it in cold blood, but I'm getting away from it because, away with it because he is actually an abusive asshole kind of deal. But then I thought she covered it up because I pretty quickly, and I don't know exactly how I knew, but I was like, the minute she was in the room with Patrick, I was like, they're having a fucking affair. So then I thought she was covering up for Patrick because, but she would get away with it because she was being abused. And so like, she was the one who was, like, taking the blame for Patrick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I didn't get it, get it. But I kind of knew, same, that, like, the knights clearly were involved. So I figured out that it probably was one of the... This is my third time watching it. So watching it the second time, I was like, okay, Patrick did it, but Megan is so in love with him that she's going to cover for him. That's mm -hmm. That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, yeah. No, she she wasn't covering. She legitimately thought she killed him. Yep. 
Yeah. That was the part that really, the twisty part for me. And she really didn't do it. Did you like the episode? Did I like this episode? Yes and no. Uh, it wasn't as good as episode five. <laughs> i say that. Yeah, it was a little weak. Yeah. I think it was weaker than episode three, too, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I did enjoy episode three. And it's weaker than episode five, which yes. I watched right after it, as you can tell from my messing up my notes. And I also, I don't really, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy the, like, Camille new suits ribbing about, like, him being into Megan yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I get where she was coming from. Yeah, I do too. But at the same time, it didn't, I don't know, it didn't make me like either character more. No, there was no real character development in this one. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it kind of relied on old stereotypes like actually i will say the only character i think that i like more coming out of this episode is fidel i think Dwayne and fidel are fabulous like yes Dwayne and fidel had a good episode yeah. but the two leads yeah. did not. i will always think Dwayne and fidel have a good episode i will also always think that fidel's replacement whose name i've forgotten i've also forgotten at this point but Dwayne is the best i mean obviously Dwayne is the best character yes See, but Dwayne is our most regular character. He is. He's the only one who doesn't get switched out. Literally the only one who doesn't get switched exactly. out. Exactly. So we know him. We know him. We know him for eight years, basically. Eight seasons. But so we know Dwayne more better than any of the other characters. We lose Richard. Like, everyone switches out. We, use, we lose Camille. We use Fidel. So, like... Dwayne is going to be your default favorite because he's a comfort. Well, there's that. But also he is, I think, from a trope perspective, the default favorite, too. Like, he's the yeah. guy with the, the bad boy with a heart of gold. Come on. Mm -hmm. But, like, in later episodes, you realize he's not even, like, it's weird because he has this suddenly this deep family drama mm -hmm. with his father. And you realize, and... Like the episode where he asked it, where he's one of the detectives on the murder of a high school friend. Mm hmm And like you realize why he did poorly in high school or why he wasn't like the best student. And like so you actually get to learn a lot about Dwayne. And yes, he's kind of that sketch dude who like knows all about the mutual aid of the community. <laughs> he's an he's a he's an anarchist, but only because, you know, uh, the blacks gotta do what the blacks gotta do in a colonialist island. Like, for me, Dwayne is every cousin, every uncle, every, you know, every yeah. family member that I've had. So I get a different connection. Obviously, I get a different connection from him and mm -hmm. somebody else might. So, but also, we just get to know Dwayne. We're with yeah. him for a long time, so we get to know him. Dwayne is the shit. We love Dwayne. Oh, oh yeah. I love Dwayne. I love Dwayne and his his lightly anarchist self. Well, speaking of liking things, how did you like your wine? Well, I did have my two glasses. <laughs> so on the back of this wine, it explains that it was picked at the peak of ripeness, which means it was in the middle of the season. Not the not the earliest grapes, which are usually quite dry. Mm -hmm. So your earliest grapes are gonna be dry. 
the the middle of the season is when you're supposed to get the best grapes, right? So it said it was so blah de blah pure sweet indulgence. It wasn't it was sweet, but not sickly sweet. The very sweet Rieslings are from the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So this actually was a peak Riesling, which means it had sweetness, but there was still a sharp undertone. It was pretty good. So anyway, I liked it. Um, the only problem was the very first sips were always a little taut, and then it mellowed out. But this is a very good wine. This is a drinkable wine. Out of nine. Nice! Uh, I've enjoyed this quite a bit. This red table wine. Um, Table wines are supposed to be non-offensive. They really, I mean, honestly, that's a good, I would say it's enjoyable. I wouldn't say it's even non-offensive. I would say it's enjoyable. No, I I get where you're coming from, but I'm just like, let's, I'm going to take it up a little bit at a notch. It was tasty. It was a good balance of sweet and dry. Um, the literal copy on it is nothing to write home about but the label the part of the reason i picked this one is that the label reminded me a little bit of uh guernica that uh picasso painting yeah it's like oh i had to write i had to write about guernica in my spanish teacher certification (laughs) well it's it's not i mean it doesn't it really honestly doesn't have a whole lot of that feel except that like the bodies and faces of the like little painting on it are extremely elongated and kind of surrealist and stuff like that. And it's clearly like a wine label. They're all drinking from bottles, but like surrealist bottles. Anyway, I just picked it up because it's something different. I never do a table wine. I always do like a straight Malbec or whatever. And yeah, no, no, I, I like table wines. Recommend for the table. I just did like the wine presentation to my microphone. (laughs) What's your school? So, uh, let's think. Out of ten. Out of ten, yes. Out of ten. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. It does what it says it was due. It's extremely drinkable. I'm gonna have more of it, honestly. Um, about half bottle in. You can tell because I'm slurring a little bit. And, um, yeah, no, I liked it. Yeah, the thing about table wines is they're supposed to be good with everything, and you can you can kind of mix it up. Um, I'm gonna eat some leftover basil chicken. Yeah, my my host father's table one was a rosé. Ooh, into it. He was just happy that someone else drank his wine, and I loved his wine. His wine was really good. Like, and it was he literally just brewed it in the kitchen. <laughs> like, <laughs> bless. I fucking love the French. I I talk about love these guys the all the time, and I really like they really like for me, like they were what I needed to like be introduced into French society. But it was really weird because like they were they were conservative. They were like you know. So it was really it was really bizarre that they spoke to one part of me, like I'm a Lacroixist. <laughs> Well, as always, you can find us on social media. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Classlicity. And you can follow me at STM Rights. Rights. W-R-I-T-E-S. <laughs> I can tell you've had your two glasses of wine. I uh, know, right? And <laughs> you can follow our official Twitter at, at Wine Murder Night. <laughs> Sorry, I am a little drunk. 
Uh, and you should do so because we are hoping to get some special episodes out. So while this may be our last official series for quite some time, fingers crossed, we'll get some special episodes out. And how else will you know about them? Um, as usual, we have to say what, Sabrina? Spasiba! Spasiba to Anton Koryakov, the genius who wrote and performed Simple Life off the album Restart, uh, which is where we get our theme song from, and we use that I- with Creative Commons license attribution.3.0. I don't know, there's words in an order. <laughs> <laughs>